Right now, free speech is under heavy attack in New Zealand and overseas, with governments constantly devising new ways to enforce censorship. To make sure you never miss the critical news and breaking stories you rely on, join the RCR mailing list today. Get connected now at realitycheck.radio forward slash email. Happy New Year, Liberty lovers. May 2024 be a great year for slaying the dragons of woke fascism, reasserting our freedom of speech and association, and freedom from coerced medical treatment, repudiating brown supremacism, and banishing the Davos diabolists from our lives forever. Their number one champion in the world is Beijing Biden, the bribed bastard. His number one means of implementing their agenda is the current invasion of America by the third world. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. The illegitimate president dutifully obeyed his paymasters by enabling a surge of 10 million third worlders since usurping office. The third world is not sending its best. Gang members, cartel operatives, Islamists and communists galore. China, Russia, Iran, Afghanistan, Yemen, Somalia. Twelve third worlders just brutalized two cops in New York. Let out without bail by the George Soros puppet district attorney Alvin Bragg, one of the criminals going after Orange Man Bad, two of the third worlders held up their middle finger to America for the television cameras. These are not your poor and huddled masses yearning to breathe free, embracing life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. These are savages yearning to rape, kill and loot. They call that one shopping without money and in many cases to promote Sharia law and tyranny. It now transpires that before beating up the cops, these particular third worlders shopped without money for some high-end handbags. Talk about close to home. I rise to speak uh, both as the Green uh, spokesperson for foreign affairs, but also as a former international criminal lawyer. It matters that we show leadership. We have always been at our best when we have led as an independent, principled voice what the people of New Zealand expect of us. Those people out there, they are watching and they expect leadership. We are looked to as a moral, principled voice, but right now we are absolutely failing. Beware of evil claiming the moral high ground. In these Orwellian times, it always does. Elon Musk says, quote, Biden's strategy is very simple. One, get as many illegals in the country as possible. Two, legalize them to create a permanent majority, a one-party state, unquote. 10 million third-worlders gets Beijing Biden well on the way. And, of course, woke fascists 
head off criticism of this abomination by labeling it, the criticism, racist and criminalizing it. Christopher Luxon has just legitimized this form of totalitarian turpitude by asking Jacinda Jackboot to continue on as unelected censor of internet speech in the name of diversity, inclusion, and equity. Die. This tells me he's as much a shill for the Davos diabolists, including Pfizer and BlackRock and the Chinese Communist Party, as she is. We've just had a long weekend of brown supremacists further poisoning our social discourse with their die anti-white racism. Here's Hone Harawira, exemplar of reasonableness, assigning a bill that hasn't even been written yet to a special place in his affections. And you want to cut the treaty in front of all of these people? Hell no! Not only will we not stand for it, St. Jones ain't going to stand for it. Sorry, David. You're on your own on this one, mate. The thing you need to know is that when it comes time to see where this is going to go into legislation, you and your shitty-ass bill are going down the toilet. Winston Peters rightly gave hateful Horne short shrift. Whoever said we're getting rid of the Treaty of Waitangi? Tell me. No, we didn't. You tell me whoever said we're getting rid of the Treaty of Waitangi. So stop the crap. Stop the nonsense. Stop the hysteria. Some of us were out there before you were born fighting for Maori land rights. Of course, the foul and pestilent congregation of apartheid mongers don't want anti-white racism to be illegal. They want it to be compulsory as it already is in schools. Luxon could redeem himself by abolishing the woke fascist Ministry of Education, locus of the child molesters of the mind, and demanding that die in state education, die. By contrast with this inhuman dearth of noble natures, it was edifying and gratifying to be able to switch channels on Waitangi Day to live coverage of New Zealand's premier cricketers, playing their counterparts from South Africa, a country that has repudiated apartheid. How wondrous was Williamson, how rampant the ravishing Ravindra, how jaw-dropping Jamieson, how infinite in faculty, in form and moving, how express and admirable. Shakespeare. I was also edified and gratified to chance across something that, on its face at least, is the antithesis of racism and an embodiment of a non-coercive, colorblind, cultural collaboration. I quote from Rotorua Now, February the 5th. Quote, Maisie Rika brings Maori singing legend to stage. The Sir Howard Morrison Centre is accustomed to hosting legendary artists. But on Valentine's Day this year, the iconic venue will see renowned Te Arawa singer Ana Hato, who passed away in 1957, back on stage 
in a Waiata opera fantasy theatre work. The Mario Lanza Valentine's Fantasy is written and directed by Samoan creative Saliga Sani Muliao Masali and tells the story of an imaginary meeting between Ana Hato and American opera star Mario Lanza when Lanza's plane is forced to land in Rotorua during a freak summer storm. Muliao Masali a Royal Opera House and English National Opera tenor and RNZ concert presenter, says the idea for the show was unexpected. I originally wanted to present a concert in Rotorua featuring songs made famous by Mario Lanza when I happened across some Anahato recordings at the RNZ concert studios and I was immediately struck by the purity of her voice, he says. After delving a little deeper, Muliao Masayali discovered just how much Anna Matafaura Hato had contributed to the recording history of Aotearoa. Hato and her cousin, Dean Waretini, were two of the first Maori New Zealand singers to be commercially recorded in Aotearoa including a recording at Ohinemutu Marae in Rotorua in 1927 for the Duke and Duchess of York during their royal visit. What? No hikoi? Anahato was known as the Maori Nightingale, and Mario Lanza, who was one of the biggest opera recording and film stars of the 1950s, was known as the American Caruso, says Muliao Masayali. Bringing the two stars together in a story set in Rotorua in the time of the Maori Battalion offers a rich union of Maori culture and Italian opera culture. The possibilities of what could occur at such a meeting proved irresistible, and the story unfolded. The heart of Fanau are thrilled their tipuna is being acknowledged in such a unique way, and the boutique ensemble, made up of Ngati Fakawe and Tuho Rangi, share this enthusiasm. Many of the ensemble have solid kapahaka backgrounds, but are new to the world of music theatre. I am more than happy to be a part of this kaupapa. Bring on Mario Lanza. Woohoo! Beams baritone Rapata Biddle. Audiences of the Mario Lanza Valentine's Fantasy will recognize popular waiata, including hine e hine, waiata poi, and pokarikare ana, as made famous by Hato, as well as Lanza favorites such as Be My Love and The Lord's Prayer. The Mario Lanza Valentine's Fantasy will have two outings on February the 14th, 2024, with a preview at 2 p.m., an evening show at 7 p.m., unquote. All very apropos. I well remember Sir Howard, whom I interviewed several times, joking to me about being called Maori Lanza. Mario Lanza, of course, has had several outings on Perigo's perspectives. I have written a book about him and was close friends with his late son, Damon. I just hope this Valentine's Day show hasn't turned Mario into a woke wimp 
apologizing for the carbon footprint of his plane and for Christopher Columbus. He would hate that. A more unwoke figure than Mario you couldn't imagine. Anahato was just 19 when the above-mentioned recordings were cut at Ohinemutu Marae. A recording engineer at Columbia Records in Sydney had brought a pre-electric recording plant to Ohinemutu to cut about 18 recordings of Maori songs for the royal visit, of which 16 were issued on the Parlophone label. Anna was accompanied by the Rotorua Maori Choir. There is no record of any of the performers claiming to be victims or condemning as white colonial oppression, their being thus immortalized. May we give to third worlder Hateful Hone and his apartheid mongers, to Beijing Biden, to the Davos Diabolists, and to all woke fascists the middle finger in 2024.
thank you for tuning in to RCR, Reality Check Radio. If you like what you're listening to or dislike what you're listening to, either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057. That's 2057. Or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We would love to hear from you, so connect with us today.